K-Pop Unmuted, a podcast dedicated to in-depth discussion of K-Pop. We're your hosts, Stephen Knight. And Scott Interante. And on today's episode, we're discussing Ace of Angels AOA with our guest, Jacques Peterson. Jacques is a K-pop writer. He has his own infamous arcade blog. He also writes for SBS Pop Asia. Jacques, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. So Jacques, one reason we wanted to have you on the show, of course, is that you uh, recently wrote a couple of articles for SBS Pop Asia on AOA's recent release and uh, their adventures on the charts. But before we get to that, let's go back to the beginning and, and go through AOA's career a little bit, have a little context. Sure. So AOA debuted in 2012 with FNC Entertainment. Uh, maybe you guys can help me with this. I just saw recently that FNC stands for Fish and Cakes. What? <laughs> Could that possibly be true? Uh, I didn't know this at all, but that's pretty amazing. So Maybe that's not true. Maybe that's a Korean saying or something with which I'm not. I'm going to choose to believe it's true. (laughs) So they're a, it's a little tricky. They're more or less a seven-member group. They are now. They lost their drummer. (laughs) The original concept was they were kind of a band, but also kind of angels. Yeah, well, they were angels, and then they had one half-angel who appeared in the band unit and they were one group comprised of two groups uh it was a very ambitious concept can we just talk about how amazing their 2014 year was uh with miniskirt and like a cat and short hair was the other one in in between to me that's like one of the strongest years for an idol group that i can remember that's that's like really when I came into being an AOA fan, but I think you're not alone in that time. Right? Yeah, that was like really their big breakout. Yeah, well, you know, I had actually been an AOA fan from the start because Elvis is a really interesting song. It's really quirky and it's really weird, and it actually reminded me a lot of um, the sort of quirkier stuff that Sunny Hill were doing for a while when they had like Midnight mm. Circus and a few singles past then. And then I kind of went off AOA, and then I came back when they had Miniskirt because I've always loved Brave Brothers and Miniskirt was just such a good song and it did come off kind of contrived seeing AOA on the Brave Brothers sexy concept bandwagon which I think every single girl group started doing around 2014 but AOA really probably did it the best and I think that's why they broke out ahead of a lot of other girl groups like Hello Venus that also tried to do that but they just didn't have the, the song quality that AOA did. Yeah. Obviously, their concept changed a lot from their debut, but their music videos, I think, are a big part of what they do, and they're always very fun, and they almost have a, I don't know if you'd call it a common theme, but they're spies, or they're thieves, or they're detectives, or they're they're up to something. <laughs> no short hair they did. They dressed up as, remember that one was like a pizza girl and one was a cop? Right. You know, it's funny, even before Twice, they had a uh, they had one of their early music videos where they were all different movie characters. That was, that was pretty cool. Yeah, Get Out. That was a good one. Right. Yeah, their concept to me is a, it's a sexy cosplay concept. It reminds me a lot of what uh, Tiara used to do before Tiara sort of had their EDM switch. They did a lot of dressing up. They were Native Americans for yeah, yeah, yeah. They did a disco thing. They were gangsters. They did all these kind of dress up things. AOA have done that, but I think the difference that the tiara concepts were very diverse, whereas AOAs, they're all some version of a sexy fetish dress up. It's always sort of aimed at men. 
So everything they do, it's always like it's a, a, a sexy cat burglar or a sexy police officer or a, a sexy you know, badminton <laughs> player. They, they, there's nothing else to it except sex appeal. Well, you know, in 2014, I think people were predicting that A-Pink and AOA, a lot of people thought were poised to be the next leading nations girl groups. And I guess one reason that we're talking about them tonight is that that didn't actually work out uh, the way everybody planned. It may still do so, but I think that some of the next generation of girl groups have, uh, have really jumped in front of them since 2014. Yeah, well, I would say that A-Pink, even though they're on the decline now, they have done incredibly well. If you look at their physical sales, are much higher than the majority of girl groups. And if you look at their music program wins, they have really swept the music programs. Whereas if you actually go and look at AOA, they don't have that many music program wins and they've actually never had a number one single on the Guyon chart. Their, a lot of their success actually with their singles has come from longevity. They don't peak at number one in the first week, but because they are such addictive songs and AOA is a very likable kind of commercial group, they do stick around on the, the Melon chart for months and months and they end up racking a lot of sales in the, in the long run. Well, I think that's a good transition to the pair of pieces that you wrote for SBS. First, when the singles just came out and you were writing about how they weren't performing very well on the charts. And then, you know, a week or so went by and you looked at it again and said, oh, you know, actually, maybe something is starting to change here. So could you maybe walk us through the chart history of these the, the pair of title tracks, uh, Excuse Me and Bing Bing, that just came out uh, earlier this month? Yeah, well, when uh, both songs came out, I mean, I think we would all consider Excuse Me to, to sort of be the main single. Uh, I know mm-hmm. it was billed as a, as a double A side, but you just have to watch them both to know that Bing Bing's nowhere near on par with Excuse Me. And uh, when they both came out, they debuted really low on Melon straight away. And I kind of thought, oh, they'll rise in a few hours. And then they just started dropping. And then for the first few days, they were sitting down in the the bottom of Melon's Top 100 with the new April single and the new Cosmic Girls single, which for a group on AOA's level is really like terrible performance. That's the sort of thing that you would expect from from new rookie groups coming out. And a lot of the feedback uh, seemed to be quite negative. And then once they started the music program uh, performances on M Countdown, the song started rising a little bit each day. They had a uh, appearance on, I think it was Knowing Brothers, the variety show. That actually got the, the show the highest ratings that it's ever had. And then the song, every single day, it manages to get in the top 30 on Melon. So... It has stabilized and it's doing much better. Bing Bing is still a flop. I think that's kind of, I think that's done. Uh, Excuse Me is doing a lot better, but if we're to compare it to the past AOA singles, it's definitely still a disappointment. It's just, I think it's switched from, originally when it was down the bottom, it looked like a career ending flop, like it was that bad. Whereas now it's performing to the level where you think, okay, you know, if they have a good comeback after this, they can definitely bounce back. It's, it's not over for AOA yet. 
You know, it sort of makes sense. One of the reasons that you thought that they might have been struggling to start with is that they decided to come out with a double singles at the same time. And if it actually is the music shows that are playing a, a big role in driving them back up the charts, maybe for a few shows, you're allowed to do two different songs, but after a while, you're pretty much stuck with uh, with one of them. Yeah, well, the, the double title track comeback was a terrible idea to begin with, especially with the song like Bing Bing, which, I mean, Bing Bing is fine, but it's definitely not on the level of the AOA songs that we usually know, and it really, I think, took some focus off Excuse Me. You know, I don't think that Excuse Me is the best AOA song ever, but I do think it's quite good, and it sort of ticks all the boxes of what an AOA song is, and it's quite catchy. So I'm not surprised that, you know, seeing that song have more promotion on variety shows and music programs is is putting it more in people's minds and they're really realizing, okay, this is a catchy song and, and it's doing much better now. Yeah, I think if there's one thing you can say about AOA songs that's consistent is they have a catchy chorus with a really strong hook. And even if you, the first few listens, you're not that taken with a song, if you listen to it enough times... Uh, you're probably going to be a fan. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, what do you guys think of the song, just as a song, uh, in their catalog? Yeah, so like I said, my first reaction to it was not that great, but the the chorus really did grab me after a few listens. As you know, I'm a, I'm a Jimin fan. I think that the rap section of this is a little odd. The transition into it is very jarring. Uh, you know, usually that's a highlight of an of an AOA song for me at least. So that wasn't a highlight of this song. But I think it's it's not one of my favorite AOA songs, but I think it fits nicely into you know, their, their uh, singles. I think it's a good follow-up from Heart Attack because that really saw them do a kind of Europop sound. Uh, that was very Brave Brothery song. And, you know, this has kind of a new disco feel. I feel like the, the chorus, it's, the melody sounds a bit like uh, the Cardigans' Love Fool, which I like. I think that's intentional. The song to me sounds a bit like maybe like a Kylie Minogue B-side, but... I like the dancey direction and I think it's sort of a good evolution from Heart Attack and it follows the formula of what works for AOA whereas you know one of my problems with Good Luck a song that I don't particularly like but putting my personal feelings aside for that song I just didn't think it really fit AOA and it it wasn't kind of giving us what we're used to from AOA which is just a really catchy generic but good song that it's just going to get stuck in your head and good luck didn't deliver that and I think excuse me does and and really makes up for where they failed with good luck yeah I really like those two reference points the cardigans and Kylie Minogue the beat is like always syncopated on the off beats which gives it the sort of 90s dance sound and just like the breathy way that they sing excuse me and the hook it definitely feels like uh, the cardigans. So I think those are both like really spot on. The whole thing comes together in a really interesting way. I kind of like there's this like one weird chord in the chord progression that gives it a little bit more of a jazzy feel that sort of fits the noir PI concept of the music video. I don't know how intentional that was, but I thought that was kind of cool. The choreography is actually really memorable and catchy. And kind of, um, I don't know how unique it is, but it's like, it's memorable. 
Yeah, no, the, the choreography definitely. I actually would, I think that the choreography is probably driving the success a bit. And I know they've put, they put about two choreography versions up on YouTube. They put the normal sort of dance mm -hmm. rehearsal and then they put a kind of comedic one with, with some TV announcer. And I like that the, the choreography changes with each chorus because you have a different member sort of do the little excuse me twirl and to you end with Solhyun, you know, the, the most popular one and that kind of gets the biggest cheer at the end and it's really good. Yeah, that's one of the great things about AOA. You have to take them as a package and they're so much fun. The appearance on Knowing Brothers and the, the fun dance choreography video and Bing Bing has a very fun, I guess it's a choreography video where they're all lined up and taking turns doing dance moves and cycle through and they look like they're having a lot of fun. You know, I don't think you can separate when you have certain emotions when you're listening to a song then when you just hear the song, it naturally puts you into a good mood if that's what you associate it with. And I, I think that's one of the strengths of AOA. They're just, they're just a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree with that. But, you know, another point that I made in my article about why they were flopping, um, I don't think they should have ever gotten rid of the band concept for good. Actually, their AOA black comeback, Moya, that was their highest charting song up until Miniskirt by quite a large margin. And I think that the way that they've gone just with these really catchy Bray Brothers songs and this sort of sexy image, it's great, but it's a little shallow. And... I think that leaves you susceptible for kind of, you know, a big flop like Excuse Me really was shaping up to be and I think they need to add a little bit more to their image because you can't just be the cute sexy girl forever because now we've got, we have Twice and I don't know, countless other groups and the male fans are just going to go to them. So I think that AOA could add a lot more to themselves if they were doing some more band comebacks, maybe with a bit of a girl crush concept something where you can put Choa in the lead to really show off her vocals in a different way. So yeah, I do agree with you that I love AOA's cute, fun thing, and they do always make you feel good when you listen to them, but I think they need a little bit more because I don't know how far you can get just with such a one-dimensional image, really. That's true. I, I, can't, I don't know the last acoustic set that they did. Yeah, well, you know, I was going back and I was watching a lot of their band performances, especially I was watching uh, Get Out and Elvis and also Amoya Live, and Choa sounded really, really good, and her voice actually suited those songs much more than their sort of dancey AOA tracks do. I can actually see her going solo when AOA is all said and done, and I don't think that she'll just sort of go down the OST ballad route. I think that she'll probably do some kind of K-rock or, or K-indie or something where, you know, she can show off more of her voice than just the sort of, you know, typical ballad thing. I think she's a really good singer and really underrated, and I think that people would be really receptive to that if they could see a bit more of that outside of the sexy dance stuff that AOA do. Yeah, I mean, she did that um, sort of reggae track with Primary. Was that la last year or maybe two years ago? Don't Be Shy? Yeah, do you guys that remember that? amazing. Yeah, I thought, I thought her voice sounded so, so good on, on a song like that. I would love to, like, yeah, have her go solo and do some more interesting stuff. Yeah, I think AOA is sort of overdue for for a solo, actually, either with Solhyun uh, to do maybe like a bit of a the Hiori sort of thing, or for a Choa solo. I think that could work out really well. Speaking of after AOA, what do you guys think of their prospects? Do you think they're back on track to uh, to reach the heights that they once 
enjoy it or or is this sort of uh you know what they have to look forward to until their the contracts run out and, and people start uh, working on their solo careers yeah i mean i think that there is still enough affection for them to stay at the level that they're at and if there's you know, a really standout song in the next comeback or two or three. I think they'll be able to keep a really strong career. But, you know, like Jacques was saying, there's a lot of new groups coming in. You could definitely feel the tide is starting to change and moving towards, you know, the Twice and the IOI future groups, where whatever that's going to end up being. And I don't know, there's a lot of other stuff happening. And it feels like AOA needs to, like, stake their claim or they'll sort of slip away. I actually, I mean, this is off topic, but I feel the same way about Girls' Day. I mean, they've got to, like, have a comeback or Mm. we're going to stop caring. And, I mean, I won't stop caring. But (laughs) people (laughs) people in general are going to stop caring about these groups unless they really have, like, a super solid comeback because there's just too many other groups coming out that are new and exciting. So, I don't know. We'll see. Regarding Girls' Day, I think that one of the reasons that they are taking so long for their comeback is that they know that this is a bit of a make-or-break moment for them and they're really trying to get it right. Whereas, you know, I don't know if AOA thought it through as well. Like I said, I really didn't think that good luck was a, a good idea at all. And then I also think that there were some, you know, issues with this latest comeback with the double title tracks. I don't know why they thought that would that would work. So I think that uh, Girls' Day are playing it a bit smarter and they're trying to get kind of the perfect song and the perfect concept that is really going to keep them up there. As for AOA, yeah, I kind of agree with you, Scott. There's still a chance for them to, to do well and to hold on to their position. I mean... The popularity of Sohyun just on its own is incredible and it it really says a lot about how well she's doing that she's had, you know, as many scandals as she's had, she's had that history one and she's also had Dating Zico and she's still huge. She's still getting CF deals all the time. So she's still huge. People love Choa. I think Jimin is, you know, very talented. They have everything there, although they have hit that kind of five-year mark now, and that used to be the the mark that they would say was sort of the beginning of the end for idol groups. You can definitely extend past those five years, but they're really going to have to do something else. I think they should do another band comeback, maybe, or maybe it's too late, but... I think they do need to show something. If I had my choice, I'd vote with Jacques for a band concept. It doesn't seem too likely, but it would be fun to see. Well, of course, on every episode, we like to have our guests and the hosts pick a song that uh, that they've been thinking about. And I don't know if this happens every year, but we've really been bombarded with a lot of interesting stuff these first few weeks. Well, one thing that they do with January releases is that often a lot of really big acts don't come back. So you'll kind of get groups that are maybe on the cusp and it's a, it's a bit easier for them to win on music programs. They always call it robbing an empty right. house. So you've kind of got groups like A-Pink, G-Friend, even uh, Hyuna's Troublemaker that have had comebacks either late in December or in January, and they've managed to win just a ridiculous amount of music program awards because a lot of the, the really top kind of acts that are going to be 
winning those trophies aren't coming back yet. And instead, you've got a lot of rookies and you've got a lot of sort of mid-tier artists having come back. So you can kind of look maybe a bit more popular than you are. And then that usually, I think, translates into real popularity once people see you winning all these first places. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was tempted by several of those groups. But the song that I want to talk about is by, uh, I guess they're, I'm going to count them as a rookie group. They're a reboot of Minx, M-I-N-X. They've added a couple of members and changed their name to Dreamcatcher and released a song called Chase Me. I think the Dreamcatcher concept to start with is a great one. The album that they released, it's called Nightmare, and you can just imagine with Dreamcatcher all the possibilities. They started out with a horror concept, but they can go all kinds of places with a Dreamcatcher concept. Chase Me, a lot of people have pointed out, is a very J-pop sounding song. could be the intro to an anime. I think that's probably because of the hard rock and metal elements that you don't hear very much in K-pop. It's a lot more common in J-pop. And also the, it, the very fast tempo. What I like about it is, what I like about a lot of those, that kind of J-pop is the contrast between that hard rock instrumentation and the just straight pop vocals. And I think it's a lot of fun. I'm really interested to see what they do. The other song on their album is also interesting and uh, worth listening to. I think that this kind of direction for them is really interesting and really smart on behalf of Happy Face Entertainment because, you know, an agency like that is never going to be able to sort of afford to snap up the prettiest, highest star quality trainees. Um, so they're never going to be able to get on that kind of cute trend that's that's doing so well now. So I think to come out with the kind of concept that is really quite unique and different for what we're seeing in K-pop is really going to make the, the group stand out. And if you've watched any of their live performances, they're really talented. So yeah, I think that they have some promise as far as these kind of low sort of floppy kind of agencies go. I would definitely say that Dreamcatcher have more of a chance than some of the other groups that are coming out right now. Yeah, sadly, I don't think it's charted very well, but... Uh... I still have yeah, I mean, I didn't expect it to chart when a lot of other stuff isn't charting. Like, you know, Sunamu can't chart, CLC can't chart. But they might build a bit of a, a fandom and then, you know, maybe one day they'll start creeping in and, you know, doing stellar numbers with the number 98 on the guy on 100 for one week. So we can maybe look forward to that. <laughs> well, Scott, I think you were going to uh, talk about Hello Venus, but there's a, a, a bright, shiny object that has caught your <laughs> attention. Well, you know what? I, I always change my pick at the last minute, so you should just expect that from me. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Hello Venus track, Mysterious, I mean, all I was going to say about it really was that I was disappointed that it's not really great. And that, as as one of our listeners pointed out, uh, Rodri, that it sounds like a Mamamoo song. And I love Mamamoo, <laughs> but it's disappointing for it's me. It's better than um, Mamamoo. Everything they've done post-Wiggle Wiggle is disappointing but instead i'm gonna talk about octal musician because they never disappoint me they're always great god like i don't know what it is these kids are so adorable i just can't <laughs> anytime i see them sing or even just listen to them they're so cute they're not that young i don't know why i'm treating it like they're 12 years old but uh brother and sister group really great they recently put out an album called winter 
And the main single from it, the main title track, is uh, Last Goodbye, which is this nice ballad. It is nice, but, you know, ballads aren't that exciting. But they are also calling a track Reality a title track, even though there's no music video for it. But they've been promoting it and stuff. And it's really great, and it's more of, like, what you would expect from them. It's upbeat and silly, and, you know, it has these cute brass lines and honky-tonk piano and this catchy chorus and... I don't know if you guys agree with me, but they're just infectiously cute. Are you guys <laughs> as into Akmu as I am? Um, I think they're cute in the way that a pug is cute. Um, I'm not. Oh, a- <laughs> yeah. I I guess I agree with that. You know, it's true. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. My. I- I'm not like. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to use any graphic terms. So I, I'm just going to stop. Yeah. Well, um, the pug dolls. They are cute. I'm not that into their music. I can't remember what the songs were called, but actually when they were on, it was, you know, K-pop star or one of those shows. They had one or two singles out early on that I thought were really cute. And then when they sort of went with YG, um, I washed my hands of them and kind of haven't looked back. (laughs) Well, you know, I was talking to Steven about this. I think what's good about them being at YG is that the agency really allows them to do their own thing. And, you know, Chan Hyuk writes and produces all their own music. And I think being at any other agency they wouldn't be allowed that freedom so i mean i agree that i have a lot of issues with yg but i think that it's it's actually a good place for them to be Yeah, that sounds pretty cute. I like that. I think I'm just uh, biased against YG. I know that if some Z-list girl group or uh, Lunar Girl of the Month released that, I would be loving it. So I guess I'm just a hater. All right. Well, what is your pick for this week? Uh, Okay, I did CLC. This is the new song uh, Hobgoblin. (laughs) <laughs> which they've titled, I don't think that they even say Goblin in the lyrics because I looked up the English lyrics, I could be mistaken, but that's just an attempt to write off the popular uh, trending drama at the moment, Goblin, and to get into the search oh, rankings. Yeah. I've been really kind of fascinated by CLC since they debuted, just for what flops they've been, because they had quite a lot of hype before they came out and coming from cube entertainment which is you know a very well-known agency they have you know four minute hyana beast uh, gina who is you know Mm -hmm. disappeared now after her escorting was exposed so they've had a lot of success with a lot of different artists and i really thought that clc were poised to become like if not a big group you know at least to be charting but and they had such a great debut too oh they did i peppy was amazing and i think they've had some really good songs and i think they've had some dud songs like uh high heels was not great and like was not great even so i think it's a really interesting group and i think the members are really cute and kind of unique so i just can't believe that this group isn't doing well at all and yeah their new single They've revamped their image because nothing nothing for them is working. And Cube has basically remade them into 4Minute, who have now disbanded. Um, their new song was produced by the same producers that did 4Minute's Crazy, which is probably maybe the best 4Minute song, do you guys think? So that's an interesting question, but it's a, it's a good one. 
It's up there, at yeah, least. Yeah, I wouldn't argue with you on that one. Yeah, and, uh, you know, they've done <laughs> very similar. It's a really sort of exciting kind of EDM, hip-hop, trap kind of mashup. They've really even gone as far as to turn the rapper of the group into a, a Hyanna clone. I mean, she's rapping exactly like Hyanna now. It, it literally sounds like Hyanna. And uh, Cuba said that Hyanna was involved with, with the concept and, you know, uh, revamping the group. I don't really believe that. It just sounds like something the agency kind of say to get, you know, the name in the headline and just a media play. But, and, you know, the whole concept, it looks exactly like Four Minute. And, you know, usually I'm not a fan of groups copying a previous generation group this blatantly. That's one of my problems with Blackpink. I really, yeah, I just think it's so, I think it's so lazy. But, I don't know. For CLC, I'm really liking this. I mean, I think this song is better than Blackpink songs, for one. And I think CLC have really pulled off the concept. They look really good. I mean, I think they could have maybe tributed Four Minute in a way where they took some inspiration and it wasn't such a kind of copy and paste. But, you know, I can't deny that I do really, really enjoy the song. It's really catchy. I've been playing it all day and I think the concept really suits the members and I think it's kind of cool to see this concept come back because you know as we've mentioned the the market is filled with really really cute innocent groups right now which I love but when you do have someone coming out and it's trying something a bit different that's always really refreshing Well, you know, I, I agree with you 100% about they can copy four minute as much as they want. Because I, I think K-pop has a big four minute size hole in it and somebody needs to fill it. 21 was a little bit that fierce girl power image. And I think if there's any distinction between Blackpink and 21, I don't think, I think Blackpink is a little more hip hop and not quite as, you know, they haven't pulled out the baseball bats yet. Yeah, they're prettier as well, let's be honest. As YG loves to point out at every opportunity. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge four minute fan. And if CLC can do four minute this well, I'm, I'm behind it. Yeah, do you think they pulled it off well? I <laughs> I don't really love this song. I the crazy era of four minute. I mean that song is kind of all over the place too. But this feels like more haphazardly all over the place. I'm also just not quite convinced by them in this role yet. I agree that K-pop has a four minute sized hole that needs to be filled, and I guess I'm fine with CLC doing that. I just don't. They didn't convince me about it on this track. Maybe the next one will be better. I don't know. I mean, if there is a next one, I don't know if they will be, because I checked Melon, and this song is doing so badly. I mean... Really? It was shocking. It was like 140, I think, on Melon. You know, why I mentioned before I'd been so fascinated by CLC flopping, because it's not just that they flopped, but it's at such a level that, you know, even like a Laboom is more popular than CLC and I don't really get it but you know your feedback's interesting because I'm seeing a lot of that on Twitter and in the comments people are just not into CLC so I don't know if I'm seeing something that's not there I mean to me I look at CLC and I think the members are 
a really cute and kind of talented and charming. Like I said, I don't think all their songs are good, but I think the songs that are good are really, really good. I also loved um, Oh No No or whatever that song was. Yeah. I thought that was really good. So, you know, I'm always just really puzzled as to why CLC cannot even crack the top 100. I'm predicting that we might see a disbandment or just they might just become inactive. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, if they've been going now for almost three years and Cube keeps trying with them and now Cube's flagship group or, you know, at least one of their biggest groups is gone. I mean, why wouldn't they just keep trying if they haven't given up on them yet, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's true. I mean, Cube has nobody else. I don't know where they're going to get the money, though, to keep funding the CLC. They might go to, like, Make Start to get some coins for a comeback. But, you know, Cube has really tried hard with them because they did do the busking thing originally before they debuted, which I thought was interesting. And I, I saw a lot of that on, you know, all K-pop and the different K-pop sites. And so you knew that CLC were coming and then... You know, they had one member went on Real Men, and, you know, we all know that that did really well for uh, Hieri from Girls' Day. We had another member on Girl Spirit. They've done some other sort of variety stuff. So, you know, they're being promoted, but for, for whatever reason, <laughs> no one cares. Like, they even had a member on Produce, one, uh, Pr- right. Produce 101. I always said Produce. It reminds me of the grocery store because it's such like a factory. I don't know, people are just not into CLC. And I think now that I've seen that this comeback hasn't worked, I don't think people are ever going to be into them because if they're not now, after all of this, then it's just not going to work out. But yeah, I mean, I hope that they they stick around because I am a fan. I (laughs) feel bad for them. Well, you know, the song just came out and maybe like AOA, the, the stages will provide them a boost. Yeah, possibly. I guess if people feel like they, they can pull off the concept. I mean, a lot of times you'll watch a K-pop video and the girls will look either like really fierce or like really sexy. And then you'll see them on the stage and they'll look like shy or they can't really pull it off. So there's really a big difference between, uh, you know, the, the charisma and everything in a music video compared to the stage. So it might come down to, to how well their performances are. Like I think that with, uh, you know, Mama Moo, uh, Scotty's favorite group, one of my most hated, but yeah. their last, <laughs> their last single, I think, wasn't doing very well at first. And then when they went on the, the comeback stages and, you know, people could see them, you know, shouting and carrying on like they do, people were impressed and it started doing quite well. So I don't know. Maybe there's a little hope of CLC, but I'm not, I'm not optimistic. <laughs> Well, that's a sad note to end on. (laughs) (laughs) R.I.P. CLC. But thank you so much for coming on to talk about all this with us. Thanks for having me. It was uh, less painful than I imagined. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) That's good to hear. So, Jacques, if people wanted to find you online, where could they do that? Uh, Arcady blog on Twitter. That is, how do I spell that? A R C A D E Y B L O G. Is that right? That is correct. I, I Good. believe. Arcady blog everywhere. Um, Instagram, Facebook. So yeah, 
find me there. Right. And and as well on Arcady is it arcady.com? Right? Uh net. You know, I haven't or... been updating that that much. I'm really writing a lot for SBS Pop Asia, but if you follow me on social media, you'll get the links to to anything that I'm doing. I'll whore it out there. So, just follow me on social. Very cool. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Scott Interante. That's I N T E R R A N T E. And you can follow Steven. Where where are you? On Twitter, I'm at Tennessee Appeal. Very cool. And of course, you can follow the show at Kpop Unmuted on Twitter or Facebook. You can check out kpopunmuted.com. And please subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like the show, you know, leave a rating and review. That's always nice. And we will talk to you next time.